Hello everyone, and welcome to Love Dust, a podcast on love, dating, and relationships in the modern world. I'm your host, Marvin, and the theme music you've just heard, courtesy of Matt Norton, is a love dust rag. Let me begin by giving a shout out to my good friend Adam. He reached out to me and had very nice things to say about the ghosting episode in particular. Adam is a friend and a colleague. We've talked together, we've sparred together, we've gotten wasted together. As I said at the outset, this podcast really grew out of a series of conversations, and our sparring was one such conversation, principally about whether people can be friends with their exes. He uh, forcefully argued yes, probably because he's friends with an ex, <laughs> and I, I disagreed. I still disagree, but I think he has pretty good judgment, I would have to say, and I, and I don't extend that compliment very often when it comes to these kinds of discussions. Anyway... Today is a special Valentine's Day episode. What experiment in advocacy for a sane and sensible approach to romantic love would be complete without a meditation on the high holy day set aside in its honor, on the most visible emblem of romantic love in the Western world? Now, I realize that it is a holiday not taken seriously by serious people. Some even find the day insidious, more proof that every inch of our emotional lives has been ceded to the market and through such chintzy forms, no less. The heart-shaped boxes of chocolates, the stuffed bears, the maudlin cards, etc. But assuming that the forms are terrible, and to be sure, they are, at least, we can all agree, inadequate to the subject at hand, assuming that really is a racket designed to enrich restaurateurs and confectioners, it is an occasion, goddammit, for something that fucking matters. Yes, we should be honoring love every day, especially if we are in a relationship. But the least we can do is give our heart one fucking interval on the calendar. And we are not beholden to the forms we are given. We do not have to choose the trinkets our merchants peddle to us. We can invent our own forms, our own rituals and practices, our own sacred offerings and gifts. And in doing so, honor both our beloved and the principle of Eros that knits us to them. We can give me adoration to this saint, no, this household God, even if we are doomed to live and die alone. This St. Valentine is one such offering. Now, I understand the plaint of the lonely hearts only too well. What is Valentine's Day to us? We are lost, we are lonely, we are rapturous, and no one cares about us, even though we have so much to give, even though we could likely run circles around many of those who have been more fortunate to find their person. It is a day for the blessed, the healthy couples of the world, so the rhetoric and imagery would have us believe. Valentine's Day has tried to console us and, of course, siphon our money by broadening the holiday to friends and family, the friends and family plan, we might call it. All right, that's, that's not a good joke. And while I have no problem with expressing and honoring those deeply essential forms of love, I sent my mother a card and my sister sent me one, we should not settle for the merely familial and the platonic when we can have it all. Valentine did not martyr himself so that we must. We want a day for our romantic and our erotic lives, limited or even non-existent though they may be. And this is where Valentine's Day is surely insidious. They gave us back a day they never had the right to take from us in the first place. It is the single and even the lonely, such as myself, who have the greater claim than couples who should be doing romantic shit every day, who have at the very least, anniversaries to commemorate their love. It provides us a moment, a space, an excuse, a pretext 
to declare our feelings, to confess our heart's desire, to honor the approach, the ask, the move, the gesture. Yes, we should be doing this every day too. No argument here. Remember, I have done more in six months than almost all of you listening will do in a lifetime. But it is much harder to put yourself out there to a stranger, an acquaintance, or even a dear friend who you want to mean something more to than to express love to someone who loves you, especially for the average person who is not by nature or inclination, by practice or precept, a romantic. And especially when our romantic culture has proven so dead set against any honest feeling or authentic emotion. It is not only then to the lonely hearts and my fellow romantics who I say this, since they likely make such commitments to their hearts anyway, but rather more to the ordinary and average person who has either bought into the lie of conventional wisdom just enough that he or she feels hamstrung from making a move or is just someone to whom courage doesn't come naturally. If you see something, say something, just like the New York Transit Authority says. For the safety of your heart, just like the safety of your person, demands eternal vigilance and action. We don't need it, but it's ours. We can declare our heart every goddamn day in honor of those who are special to us, and in a perfect world we would, limited only by the rarity of such people entering into our lives. We don't have to take cues from couples who may or may not be happy. We don't have to measure ourselves by them. For even the good and worthy, who I wish well and who I honor, are not better than us, just luckier. Luckier in terms of pure luck, that is timing. Luckier because our virtues are valued less than theirs. Aspire to their condition, by all means. Emulate the people who are indeed worthy. Learn from them when you can. But don't con yourself into thinking you deserve to be alone, that you don't deserve what they have too. I've been there, and I know better. You should too. And couples, if I may for a moment address you, don't talk down to us, don't act like you have it all figured out, don't pretend you have all the answers or any, don't pontificate with some presumption of special expertise or wisdom, don't generalize advice from your own particular experience. Chances are you got lucky. You deserve it, but you don't deserve it more than us. If there is no obvious problem with your single friend that you feel you can help them with in good faith, shut the hell up. Take a seat. I love you. I really do. There is nothing that makes me happier, even now, as I stare at the end of all the hopes I once entertained for my heart, than to see people on dates, than to see long-standing couples treat each other with affection, enthusiasm, concern, and care. Those are the moments I can say to myself with a deep sigh of relief, as I did at my regular bar this Friday, my failure doesn't define love, their success does. The conventional wisdom is not the last word. It is not any word at all in the face of true feeling. Love is formidable enough that it succeeds in spite of the barriers we as a culture have erected. To adapt an old cliche, love makes its own way. Or to look at it from the other side, no matter how hard we try, we can't fuck it up. Of all the achievements I can claim or of a decade of failure, the one I am most proud of is that I have never, not once, not even in my darkest hours, my most rotten nights, to borrow Bogey's famous line from the Maltese Falcon, I have never said, love sucks. I don't think I've even thought it. I'd sooner say I suck than love does. It is amazing, and it matters. There are those who do not want it, and I can respect that choice, even if I do not fully understand it. Folks like the great feminist Vivian Gornick, who has written a book on the subject, in fact. But it is not for want of love's value. Even though my own love life is over, I celebrated the holiday, really the entire week, by performing gestures, moves, and approaches. 
I sent a card to Abigail, a postdoctoral researcher I fell hard for a couple of weeks ago, but who, after too much hedging that I expressed displeasure with, I walked away. I asked out Hilda, a woman I met at a bar with a friend a few, uh, a few months ago, who called me magic. We appear to be going out next weekend. I asked out Ethel, a hairdresser with her own salon in town, one who styles the hair of a colleague of mine. We appear to be going out next week. I matched with a doctoral candidate, Sally, on Tinder, who I also might be going out with next week. I asked out an old acquaintance who I saw for the first time in a long time on the dance floor last weekend. She's an artist named Jane. She said she'd be open to going out next week or sometime. I asked out Barbara, a friend of a colleague I ran into a beer tasting last week who I can only imagine is not interested, not having replied to my message. Fair enough. And this evening, in my last romantic act of the holiday, I will write a note of apology to Betty, an old ghost who I called out a little too harshly and too precipitously for ghosting me once upon time. After the last episode, I realized I needed to square that particular account. I have also sent emojis and texts, bitmojis and animated gifs to women who have come across my path and who in some sense still remain an important part of it. And make no mistake, I will celebrate this day forever, in whatever way I can, with whatever powers I have left. Not because I think any of these things will work, i.e. produce a relationship, they will not. I'd be surprised if any actually pan out into a single date. But because honoring other people's excellence, beauty, and grace matters, and there is no space for that in our culture, not really. That love has failed me does not mean I will fail love. Mine is a love that can survive the disappointment of its hopes. Mine is a love that will outlive any of the loves that I have had the fortune to experience in my life. I know what love means. That is the great and perhaps only consolation of my abortive search. I know what love means. If I haven't made it clear enough already, let me state it expressly, for the record. I'm ride or die with St. Valentine, and so should you be. No offense to Valentine's Day or Anna Howard Shaw Day or all the thoughtful attempts and deft rhetorical moves designed to shift the holiday away from romantic love. They are all worthy. They all respond to the fact that people are made to feel inadequate for being alone, and women are made to feel in a special shame on this account due to the deep misogyny ingrained in our world. I understand where those responses come from. I understand that much of the apparatus around the holiday is appalling. So if you want friends and family to be included, by all means, include them. The more the merrier. But don't sideline romantic love in the process. Don't let these other forms of love come at its expense. There are Mother's and Father's Days. There is Christmas and Thanksgiving. Family and friends receive their due. Let's keep romantic love central to the day and merely make sure, contrary to the insecurities our marketers may prey on, if not actually foist upon us, that it is a day which includes all of us. As I said at the start of Love Dust, man or woman, straight or queer, trans or cis, own your shit and make your magic. If no one is enchanted, who gives a shit? You are still magic, and so is love. So damn well live up to it. Or as I once wrote to an art historian from Oxford, I fell hard for in college, in a message that still holds up, nine years after the fact, in your time zone, wherever in Europe you chance to reside, it is Valentine's Day. And I am one of the curious few who happen to like the holiday so much, I cannot let it pass without some small note of acknowledgement. Happy Valentine's Day, Julia. You are less than a stranger to me, and St. Valentine remains more courtly love than historical fact, but neither seems to make a difference in the end. Romantic love is important. 
and so, after a fashion, was meeting you. I am certain you have your own beloved. I am certain that I have long been consigned to oblivion. I am certain you will find this message a tra trifle preposterous, but we all must do what we can. Even if it means sending a rueful note to a beautiful woman halfway across the world, one had the grave misfortune of never getting to know, but the untold bounty of meeting. Or reciting sapphics to the accompaniment of fine wine and berlioz. Dispatching long-stemmed roses to the ones that got away. Or engaging in midnight colloquy with the ones that have yet to come. We can deride the shadowy saint, perhaps the most unconvincing concession from Christianity to pagan practice, as another opiate of consumerism, but we do so at our peril. To commit oneself to the human heart and all its manifold workings, by whatever means available to us, is the least we can do for the treasured elect who have earned our admiration, if not our love. And it is the least we can do for ourselves, which was probably the point all along. I know it seems silly, love dusters, especially if you're a person like me, who sends notes out into the ether and they're never returned. But it isn't. It matters. So happy Valentine's Day, and tell your Valentine that you care about them, that they matter to you. If not now, then when? Take care of yourself. Love from Love Dust.